me, the most important learning that I have to date is that our government provided safety net is not as strong or as wide as is needed. We've seen cracks in unemployment insurance, healthcare coverage, food security, education, and a lot of people, their retirement security is going to be impacted also. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in this episode of Getting Money Right, we have a guest returning. It is Harry Stout, the author of The Financial Verse, and he's not just the author of that book, but this whole genre of content around The Financial Verse, and he's written a new book called Today's Life Insurance, a protection tool for your future, which we're going to discuss in the second of two podcasts with Harry. So Harry, first, I just want to say welcome. I am so glad that you're here. It's great to be back with the two of you, and I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, Harry, you're with us today in this episode uh, to discuss a topic that really everyone needs, especially in this season, right? Why you need a personal financial safety net. So that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, particularly around COVID-19, all just the unrest in the country, the things that are going on. So Harry, just walk me through this. What is a personal financial safety net and why is it so important? David, when you look at it, I believe that the pandemic that we are experiencing is a seminal event in our financial lives. We're all going to remember living through this, if you will. And we have to learn from, we really have to learn from it. And to me, the most important learning that I have to date is that our government provided safety net is not as strong or as wide as is needed. We've seen cracks in unemployment insurance, healthcare coverage, food security, education, and a lot of people, their retirement security is going to be impacted also. So to me, it's obvious that we cannot rely on the government to provide all of our financial needs in tough times. If you will, we need to build our own personal financial safety net to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Yeah, I I so agree with you. Uh, Things have kind of unraveled for us this year, more so than anybody even considered possible. So I appreciate this topic because there are things that I think we can do to own our part of it. We can't control everything, but we can do some things. So Harry, you identified six key elements to a personal financial safety net. So let's give our listeners an overview. What are these six key elements? Leo, first off, you need basic money knowledge. Mm. Secondly, you need to develop, and this is something I know you talk about on on your program, developing a money mindset and good money habits. Third, you need to adopt what I call reflective practices. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. The fourth thing is you need to put insurance coverages in place to mitigate risk. And insurance is a key element of your personal financial safety net. The fifth thing you need to do is create an emergency fund. Now, Mm -hmm. we typically talk about that as the safety net that you need. You see that I'm defining it on a much more broader basis, if you will, based on everything we're seeing from the pandemic. And then lastly, the last element of your personal financial safety net is maintaining your ability to make a living. Hmm. Okay. Those are great. So let's discuss these keys a little deeper. First off, what is basic money knowledge? How do you define that? 
Well, first off, you can't deal with money issues in your life without basic knowledge about money, how it works and how effectively to use it. And you need to learn as much as you can about how money works. I think we both, we've discussed this before. In our country, we require more education and time to get a driver's license than we do to drive money. <laughs> you know, all, today only, only 19 states require any sort of personal finance mandated education by the time you graduate high school. So uh, what I believe people need to do is make up for this. They need to spend about two hours a week learning about money. I call it 17 minutes a day. And if you do, by watching, listening to programs such as yours, reading a variety of different things, you're, it'll pay significant dividends for them for th throughout their entire lives. Yeah, I think a great resource for this is just the first book that you wrote, A Common Sense Approach for Your Money. And I know we're going to talk more about your second book, but if somebody wants to go back and listen to our previous episodes with Harry, where we began to walk through the financial verse, and even, I believe, your blog and your email list that goes out, Harry, if you want to do 17 minutes a day, that is a phenomenal place to start. Obviously, Leo and I hope that getting money right is a part of that education for you guys as you continue to listen. But Harry, I'm, I'm looking at these six things as we're walking through them, and I'm thinking, how does somebody, uh, if we're going to take an individual stance in this, and we realize that there are some social ways to protect against things, but individually, how do we develop a money mindset? What does that mean, and how do we do that? A money mindset, if you think about it, and we'll use some of today's jargon, if you will, it's an awareness of what you do. It's an awareness of what you're earning. It's an awareness of what you're spending. And you need to develop thoughts and habits that are financially responsible. And they need to be second nature to you. I mean, remember, habits something you don't think about. And uh, to have a money mindset and good habits it takes some time to develop them, but it's something everyone needs to do. You just can't blindly go through life not paying attention to your financial matters. And, and to, to a significant extent, a, a, a large number of people do. That's great. Now, Harry, you said people should adopt reflective practices. What do you mean by that? Leo, if, um, if I tell people they need to have a budget, about 60% of the people, their eyes glaze over and the other, and, and a significant number of other people, they just want to lynch me or something. It's not, <laughs> it's not, a, it's not a good thing. So I, I wanted to change the conversation. And I think what you do is people need to think about a budget differently. And what a budget is, is you need to reflect about what you're earning about what you're spending and to making sure, and I think it's, a, 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 you use the term margin in your, in your podcast, mm -hmm. you need that margin or that excess every month so you can put away money for your future needs and emergencies. So when you look at it, you have to have a reflective, you gotta reflect about what you're doing with money. You just can't ignore it. So I think a reflective practice in my view is having a budget. Uh, I, I've said, and I write about, a cash budget changed my life as a young man in college. I've, throughout my entire life, I've had one. I still do to this day. I do a rolling 24-month cash budget. It's just my habit. I do it. I feel comfortable. But I know where I am. I know where I'm going. And uh, this is one of the things you need to do. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, you, you, you definitely get the same response we get sometimes about from, from many people about budgets and uh, because I don't think they really understand the benefits of it. So grateful that you're beating that drum just as we are. Now, you highlighted, obviously, uh, putting insurance coverage in place to mitigate risks. Why is this so important to the personal financial safety net? When you look at insurance, 
effectively what it is, it's a simply a product that pays for the cost of the unexpected by delivering cash when you need it most. It's cash for, I look at it as cash for future delivery, be it car insurance, truck insurance, health, life, disability, accident coverage. These are all coverages that will give you cash in the future when you need it, when, that, you know, when you've had that major accident. And for so many of today's folks, I thought maybe of some ways of reframing it. And you could even think of insurance coverages today as a GoFundMe campaign where you make the same amount of payment every month, but you will get a guaranteed payout for an event that takes place in your life. And that's really what, you know, insurance is all about. It's, 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 a, it's a social contribution. We take advantage of the law of large numbers. We take advantage of uh, the expertise of insurance companies. But when you look at it, insurance coverages allow people to eliminate or minimize the financial risks that are in their life for a reasonable amount of money. Yeah, this is something that I think a lot of people don't think through. And this is why it's so important to build on the foundation of having a budget in place, having a plan in place that you will cash flow certain expenses. There are things that you should be able to cover. There, there are some things that are even larger expenses that you should be ready to handle with your budget and your financial plan. But a part of that overall plan are these things that you cannot cover uh, that are much larger financially than you'd be able to handle out of pocket. And that's where insurance comes into play. And I think this is a great place to point out what you highlighted, Harry, is the need for an emergency fund. Uh, and you say that the emergency fund is only part of that personal financial safety net. So what is that balance? Talk through that a little bit. Why is that? Well, I think when you, when you look at an emergency fund, at its basics, it's there to, to pay for those things in life where you only have partial in insurance coverage or savings. So you have to have, if you will, create an emergency fund to give you that cushion in case life gives you some of those great unexpected twisted events such as an illness, a non-warranty related car repair, an accident of some sort, severe weather, or guess what, a pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, these are things that you need to have. So really having an emergency fund enables you to have the resources on hand to pay the costs of the unexpected that typically aren't insured. And so many people today, they're buying, you know, they buy product warranties. They buy a variety of different things to, uh, to if you will, to secure their cash flow from shocks. But that's what the emergency funds there because you're with health insurance and I don't mean to, 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 to point these things out, but I'll just do it real quickly. With health insurance, you've got deductibles and co-insurance. With respect to automobile insurance, you've got a deductible on a collision that you're going to have. You have to have the cash out of pocket to pay those things. Uh, so you need those and you, you will in the course of a given year have unreimbursed medical bills that you're going to need to pay. So this fund is there to absorb all those shocks, but insurance should be taking a large share of those shocks so you don't get stuck with all of it. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I think it's a balance there between making sure that you have proper insurance so that you don't end up in a situation where your potentially even your emergency fund wouldn't be enough to carry you through that problem because it would be high enough of a cost where it doesn't matter how well you've done in saving, you don't have tens of thousands of dollars to deal with something like that. Now, lastly, you said that the maintaining your ability to earn self-supporting income is part of a personal financial safety net. Now, I haven't seen it included before in conversations about having emergency funds or protecting in place. So why do you include it? 
when you look at it, your ability to earn an income is the foundational building block of your your, your personal financial life. Without an income, you can't do anything, right? So the decisions you make in your life about what type of college, what trade education you get, what ongoing skills training, what work experience. I mean, I have a daughter that just took a, a position to gain experience in a certain area because she knows it's going to help her in the long term. But your ability to earn a living is, is, is everything. And what income you generate based on your skills and experience typically stays with you your entire life. And we have some new issues in our society today. Technology is rapidly changing the need for new skills. You have to update your skills all the time. You may have to go through retraining. There are various things you need to do. But bottom line, without the ability to earn a sufficient income, your money life is negatively impacted. So it's a key, it's a key building block here. That's great. I, I remember uh, a time when I oversaw what we called a career ministry, and we had uh, a number of people that were just dedicated to helping others in their career to maintain their income in their career, to increase their income in their career. But then also they called it career insurance, where the networking side, of maintaining relationships across multiple um, avenues and opportunities of other companies, other potential uh, industries that you could step into with the skills that you have. Uh, the fact that we, we buy health insurance, we buy car insurance, we buy life insurance, we pay for these things because we're transferring some of that risk. A lot of people don't realize that even the ability to maintain their income mm -hmm there's a huge risk there. And so it's important that when you are in a career to be looking not only for financial ways to cover yourself, but also just personal relational ways where you're connecting with other companies in your industry, you're connecting with other professionals, you are essentially buying career insurance with the way that you invest your time and your energy. So I love... I love every every aspect of this because there's a financial side, there's a personal dis discipline side, there's uh, a relational side to this. So, uh, Harry, as we're looking at this personal financial safety net and everything that, that that entails, how would you summarize this conversation? Because as we're looking at these six things and we've touched on each one of these topics, how would you kind of put a bow on this? To, to wrap it up, David, what I'd say is this. Our government-provided safety net is not enough to financially protect us against life's uncertainties. I think the pandemic has exposed that. You can see it. And the way I see things, to really to enable yourself to be as financially successful and as secure as you want to be, and to be able to spend time uh, if you will, doing the things you should do in life and being present in life, you have to have that personal financial safety net. It takes a little time, study and investment. We've gone through the six elements that are there. And at the end of the day, if you put one in place, it can tremendously change your life. And I know the two of you, and I've, and I've heard you on your broadcast, you need to be relaxed about money matters. You need to have financial security to be able to live day to day. It takes anxiety and tension out of the home. It enables you to be a better steward of your family. And I believe that a personal financial safety net with these other considerations is essential to make that happen. Hmm. I really appreciate the way you, you communicated there, Harry, because we do have a personal responsibility. There are things that we can do. That's why this is called a personal financial safety net. It's not something that we can depend on others to do. Uh, there are things that we can do, but it requires us being able to 
be willing to spend that 17 minutes or whatever amount of time we need to in order to grow in our knowledge of personal finances, in investing, in insurance, and all these things that make up our financial verse, as you put it. And if we're not willing to do it or we're just not doing everything we need to be doing, there's really no one else that can step in and do that for us. There could be great government programs. There could be all kinds of things that are benefits to us. But in the end, all of those things hinge on us taking personal responsibility and putting those things in place so that we create that safety net and we know what to do. We're in control of our situation and uh, taking all the right precautions and doing all the right things to accomplish uh, our own financial well-being, making sure that, that, that that's not you know, destroyed in a, in, a, in a season like this. And whether that's our income, whether that's uh, our safety uh, in our emergency fund, insurance, all of those things are so crucial. I just so appreciate the way you look at finances because you do look at it holistically. Sometimes certain people focus on certain aspects of it, and all those are important. We focus primarily on helping people with the budgeting, the staying out of debt and saving, but you look at it a little more broadly, and you have that experience, so I appreciate you for that. And even this book that you wrote on insurance is to help people understand, listen, don't miss this part. Um, the way I've always kind of seen it is it's like having a bucket, and you can fill it up with water, but if it's got holes in it, it's just not, it's not going to do you a lot of good, right? So you're, you're trying to address those potential holes in personal finances that people may have, uh, and that's so, so vital. Thank you for that. Thank you for, for what you're doing and just for being with us today. Any last words, Harry, that you want to share with the audience? No, I think fundamentally, uh, Leo, you said it. Self-reliance is so important today, and we need to step up and have personal responsibility and be self-reliant for our, for our money. Many of us haven't had the benefit of formal education to do that, so we've got to catch up. But I think it's going to become increasingly important for us to spend time doing that. And we, we need to understand where we're going to be able to get support in the crisis. Our government's done a lot for us, but they can't do everything. They can't be the, the life insurer of last resort. They can't be the longevity insurer of last resort. They can't be the health insurer of last resort. We have a responsibility there. And uh, if people can begin to become aware and begin to build more of their own, we'll all be better off. That's great. You know, Harry, you said that not everybody has the formal education in mm -hmm. finances. And I think this is what's so cool about what you're doing is that you are giving people essentially free or very low cost ways to get incredible education from somebody who has 30 plus years of knowledge in the financial industry, not, not just in the U.S., but around the world. The things that you've done to serve people in your career and the opportunity that people have for for free information, hands down. I mean, I'm on your website right now and it's, it's simple. It's financialverse.com. And, and think of the universe. It's the financial universe. It's the financial verse. And we talked about this in episode 109 and 110 of Getting Money Right. And you walked us through the financial verse and how you came up with that name and, and what the heartbeat behind it was. And so I highly recommend our listeners go back and check out episode 109, 110. But I would say just as important, if not more so, is to jump on to financialverse.com. And I've, I've been going through again and looking at the money savers posts and, and looking at the emails that you send out that just every day, it may not be an official formal education through a university, but this information is probably actually better because it's tuned to the person. This is where somebody can actually learn step by step 
and be engaged in a community of people knowing that they're being led well with good information. So I love personally, I love to learn through podcasts. So I love your podcast post, the link that you've got there to everywhere that you've been on a podcast. And the cool thing there is you don't just point out where you've been on podcasts, but you give people the opportunity to plug into other personal finance communities and get more great education on this topic. Uh, you also have the resources tab where somebody can dig in, uh, the spend two. And so I, I know you've already mentioned it once, but if you want to highlight spend two one more time, kind of walk the audience through that and anything else that's important to you as we begin to close out this episode. All right. Thanks, David. What spend two is I provide people, I said, spend two hours a week, 17 minutes a day, improving your financial knowledge and skills. So what we've done is we've put together a series of resources that you can, as David described, tap into, you can subscribe, you can read. And these are so much of what's available today is free of charge. So it's just you taking the time to do it. So we provide that in our spend two tabs. And then twice a week, we have our money savers post. And what I try to do there is I write about key financial things going on in our society in a way that will help you to understand them. I also point out resources you can go to to get better educated. There are a number of great sources out there. All of this in the spirit of giving back. Uh, as David mentioned, I've been in the industry 35 years. I've done a variety of things on a global basis. I've been very fortunate. I've been very lucky. And what I want to do is take that knowledge and share it with people so they can improve their financial situation. So David, again, if people want to go to financialverse.com, they can really lock into all the benefits that we offer. That's awesome. Thank you, Harry. Again, we appreciate your time and just the, the way you serve people. And uh, uh, we look forward to the next book. And of course, the next podcast, we're going to talk about insurance, which I'm really excited about. Um, but keep doing what you're doing. We do appreciate you. And we want to thank you, uh, our audience, for joining us for this episode. We hope it was helpful to you. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to our podcast, either on Apple Podcast or any other app that you're using. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate and leave us a review so that more people will find and benefit from this content. To gain more access to other podcasts, the show notes of this episode, financial tools, and other relevant content, you can visit leosabo.com, where you can find out more about me and everything that I'm up to. David, where can people go to find out more about you? Yeah, so people can jump over to stewardshippastors.com, and it's an educational website to help spiritual leaders, Christian spiritual leaders, understand what the Bible says about finances and how to manage well, uh, and how to serve others in their personal finances with good stewardship principles. And you can also check out the book, Jesus on Money, where I went through and highlighted everything that Jesus said uh, related to finances, to uh, perspectives around money, not just actual physical dollars, but perspectives and money mindsets is the way that Harry talked about it today. And so you can check out Jesus on Money with over 800 verses that relate to personal finances and how we manage. And overall, we just want to thank you for joining us. So we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money right. As David mentioned, I've been in the industry 35 years. I've done a variety of things on a global basis. I've been very fortunate. I've been very lucky. And what I want to do is take that knowledge and share it with people so they can improve their financial situation. So David, again, if people want to go to financialverse.com, they can really lock into all the benefits that we offer. Mm -hmm.